Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Morning everybody, how is everyone? Very good. It's great. Great to be alive in a Canberra winter. You know you're alive. And uh, sort out my papers here. I might just grab that water as well, please. I was, I was singing in worship with all my heart and realised I had to leave a little bit of voice for preaching. I was going to wear out. Thanks, Andrea. Okay, reading from Philippians 3, verse 13. Paul says this, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it. And if you read the verses prior to that, he's talking about perfection. Right, we haven't laid hold of perfection yet, but we're aiming towards that. We love our church, but it's not perfect. And then he says here, one thing I do, forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. And, uh, you know, a, coach, a good coach will get the team to focus on one thing, and we're going to do that. That's all I want you to do in the second half is one thing. I remember my coach in the under-11, uh, West Wyden Juventus. Um, yes, uh, we were called Juventus. Um, the coach just said, big kicks. That's all I want is big kicks. That's all we had to worry about. You don't have to worry about anything else. Just keep, when the ball came to you, kick it a long way. Make sure you're facing the right way, but kick it a long way. So one thing I do, forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. So, uh, you know, I used to be a principal, but I forget what lies behind and I look to what lies ahead. Uh, A golfer who's putting on the 18th green of the Masters tournament and he's uh, ready to win the tournament. He cannot afford to be thinking about what happened on the 17th hole or the 16th hole. Even if he got an eagle on the 17th, he forgets that. He's got to focus on this. If he got a double bogey on the 17th and it was hopeless and everything's headed down, forget that. Focus on this. And we need to be, have that same attitude in life. Uh, we leave the past. I have a past, but I don't live there anymore. I've turned around and now I'm facing this way. And it's the same thing in lots of businesses, whether it's a team sport, whether it's a heart surgeon, whether it's a business. You can't, can't afford to be just focusing on the past. We were so good. We're so good at making cameras. We're so good at making cameras. Our name is Kodak. You know, they didn't turn around and face the future. So good at building railroad cars. We had rail, people traveling by rail across the country. And then aeroplanes. Hello, keep turning to the future. Don't look at the past. Now that word uh, in the past can be something we can think about in terms of something that was a great success of the past or it can be a great failure of the past, in which case we have to deal with it. uh, And that does require looking at that and going through it with God on our side. But then we leave that behind and we move forward. And uh, the word forgetting there, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, it does not mean erasing 
It doesn't mean erase the whole past. Shh, 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 nothing happened. I have no past. I am some sort of miracle man with no past. No one knows anything about me. No, there is a past there. The uh, word forgetting could be translated, don't focus on. Don't be distracted by. That's not who I am anymore. God is in the, in the business of taking people who are nobodies and turning them into somebodies, taking an Abram and turning him into an Abraham. He likes taking the past, switching it around and making a future. So you were a father of many, but now you're a father of nations. So leave the past and move forward. You can't drive forward while you're looking in the rearview mirror. You know, you're liable to come off the road. I've proven it. I'm lucky I didn't hit a tree. You, keep, you take your eyes off the rearview mirror and you focus on where you're going. Occasionally you glance at the back and see where you've been and remember the memory, the lessons that you've learned. But you are focusing on where you are going, which turn, where is the turn is coming up soon. Get ready to turn. Don't keep looking back at past turns. And uh, obviously God is into memorials, he's into setting up reminders of things that he did in the past. This building is a kind of memorial because it's a, it's a symbol of the faith and the risk-taking step of faith that hundreds of people made uh, a while ago now. But we don't want to just glory in that step of faith. Whoa, back in the day, we took a step of faith. We did this thing. You should have seen it. It was awesome. It was amazing. No, we're going to say, what is next? Probably should have titled this message, What's Next? Because that's the question for you and I to answer. What's next? Okay, so you did that in the past. What are you doing now? Okay, I gave some money to the build and grow last year. I gave it to the year before. The year before that, I gave so much. It was awesome. Yeah, but what are you doing now? What's next? What is God saying now? Because he's the God of now and the future. Okay, you don't read a book by reading the same chapter over and over and over again and think you're going to finish the book. You've got to leave the chapter behind. God is saying, that's great. What you've done is great. What is next? Are you a front-footed person? And let's orientate ourselves this way. When we're a marching army, we're marching forward. We do not march backwards. We get ourselves all sorts of trouble. I haven't tried that, but I'm pretty sure that would be difficult. If we don't let our past die, our future will. If we don't let it go, then we're not focusing on the future. Uh, the more time we spend working on the past and, and thinking about the past and focusing on the past is a present that we are not unwrapping. We need to be focused on now and where we're going because all our presents build our future. And if we're just focusing on the past, we're not unwrapping the present. Okay, so now we're facing forward. We're looking out the windscreen. Is it where you want to go? I want to read from Exodus 14, 15 and 16. And the Lord is talking to Moses here. I love it. He says here, by the way, I better start my timer. <laughs> I probably have to take a bit of time off that. Yeah. Okay, started at 45 minutes. That was a joke. Okay, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. 
And that's what we want to do as leaders in our church. We want to prod and poke. You do not want to go to a church where the leaders say, don't do anything, just sit there. Just try and hold on to what you've got. Just try and stay comfortable. No, we are not leaders like that. We are leaders who want to prod you and poke you. Get moving. What are you doing? Are you moving or are you sitting? Are you going forward or are you staying? Moses was told by God, tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can walk through in the middle of the sea on dry ground. The staff represents uh, support. It could be translated his support. It's like his uh, income. It's like his, his salary. It's like his gift. It's like the thing that, that makes him Moses. And it's the same with us. We need to lift up what God's given us and use that to go forward. What's in your hand? Let's use that and keep moving forward. The Israelites had a big horizon of emptiness and water in front of them. They were caught in a place right here in their present and behind them came all their past charging at them, ready to attack them, ready to threaten them. The army of Egypt was coming to get them and God said, well, you've got to move forward. Don't stay there. Tell them to move. Lift up your hand, lift up what you've got and start moving forward. And as Moses lifted up his hand, his staff, the uh, water opened up. The future opened up. And where you might be in a place today, you don't see anything. It's just this blankness in the future. And God is saying, I want to, you to trust me that I've got a future for you. Because he's, a future, he's got the future in mind. There's so many times I'm looking up the word future in the Bible, the future generation. Uh, references to the future. Look at this, message, this from Psalm 102 verse 18. Let this be recorded for a future generation so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. God is into future. God is into the world having a future. There are some Christians who think it's all about to end. In fact, if we just sit back and do nothing, uh, the world will get really bad uh, really quickly. And then Jesus will come back and just end the whole thing. The whole program will end. It's such an irresponsible, selfish attitude. I remember I got saved in 1978, and uh, pretty soon I was handed books on prophecy and end times, because Jesus was just about to come in 1978. He was, it was, his arrival was imminent. And uh, they skip over verses like, I'm going to make your enemies a footstool for you, which is a promise that God makes to Jesus. They skip over verses like that and say, well, you know, the beast. The beast, there's a, there's a computer in Brussels, and they call it the beast. And in 1979, that had about as much processing power as your watch, your Apple watch. It was huge. It was about to take over the whole universe. Well, and then a bit later on, it was Ronald Reagan, because he was Ronald Wilson Reagan, which was six letters, six letters, six letters. He was the beast. How could they elect him as president of the United States? They've elected the beast. It was all about to happen. And now we, we have similar squawking. There's, there's these Christian squawkers. You know, there's, there's, it's a whole industry. It's a whole industry of pro- prophecy conferences. I'm going to go from this prophecy conference and I'll go over that one over there and hear all the experts talk about the CERN Hadron Collider and what it's doing to open up the gates of hell. 
could be a nine-bladed sword. Or maybe it's artificial intelligence is coming. It's going to take over the world. There's aliens somewhere. I think they're in the North Pole. God has got a future and a hope. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. We need to forget uh, so much about when Jesus is coming back and focus on what he wants to find when he gets here. Because he wants to find something. He wants to find his people still being his people. Still building the church, build the kingdom. He says, uh, this is the way I want you to pray. Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom never come. Thy will not be done. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I want you to pray that God's kingdom will come. So what's your dream? How do you see God's kingdom looking like in Canberra? What does it look like? What does it look like now? What does it look like in 10 years? What does it look like in 50 years? What does it look like in 100 years? What could it, would it look like in 500 years? It's up to God when Jesus comes back. In the meantime, our job is to build his kingdom. His kingdom, his will being done on earth. What does it look like? That's the question that we're asking today. There are many of non-Christian people who are impacting this city and investing in Canberra uh, because they believe in a future for Canberra and they are shaping the future. And the Christians need to step into that space and say, well, I'm going to take a part of shaping the future of this city. Uh, That's our role. God has got us here for a purpose. It's not just to cower down, hunker down, bunker down in some sort of dark space, just wait for the Lord to return any day now, please, Jesus, come back. No, he says, get out, get out of the hole, go and build the kingdom. Go and make a difference. You know, the the Christians in ancient Rome made such a difference to that city. It became a Christian city. And our movement, C3, the the three C's come from Christian City Church. That was the old name of the thing until we got a, some C3 became cool. And there we go, we went with that. The whole vision of of the movement was to build a Christian city within every major city of the world. And that's what the Christians in Rome did. They kept investing into the people. They kept building one another, kept inviting people in. And before they knew it, the city was a Christian city. And so much so that, you know, Uncle Bob out on the pagan farmland and his 16 and 17-year-old says, Dad, I'm leaving. I'm going to go and sow my wild oats in the city. And he'd say, oh, son, there's Christians in there. I'm a bit worried about you. I don't think there's going to be much sowing of wild oats. I think you might become a Christian because the city is a Christian place. Cities have so much influence. This city has so much influence. We want this city to be a city of God, a city for God. Imagine what if we have such an impact into the future that 50, in 50 years' time, people look back on this time of Canberra and say, wow, it all happened around then. Canberra would not be like it is today if it wasn't for Christians, if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for that church doing that thing, those people having that dream. What's your dream? What do you want to have happen that's a result of your dream in 50 years' time? 
We've got a dream. We've got a, a corporate dream. We're interested in your individual dreams. We've also got a corporate dream. We want, it's not just for a building. It's for what goes on in this building. It, we, we built a car park last year. That's part of the dream. We've got other things that we want to do. And the Vision Builders is not just about a building. It's about a whole vision. It's a vision that doesn't just go for 50 years. It's a vision that goes for 100 years. And if necessary, 500 years. So there are people in the future. The Bible said there in Psalm 102.18, let this be recorded for a future generation so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. So there's people who are not yet born in this city and they're going to look back and they're going to say, oh, look, at the, look through the annals of history. And so look what those guys did. Maybe if I have faith, if we have faith, we can do something like that too. What are, you, what are you writing? What do you want to write? What do you want to record that goes into history and changes history? Because, uh, you know, we've got um, business people in our church uh, right at this time who are, who've got a vision of helping to eradicate homelessness in this city. And so they are working on it. It's a vision from God. And we are 100% behind that. And, uh, you know, you've got things that in your heart that God has put there too. What are they? We join together at Vision Builder Time and say, that's it. I'm into this. I'm into building something that goes much longer than me. goes into my children's uh, destiny. goes into the legacy for my children's children and our children's children. That's who we are. That's what we do. And we look at vision builders like a tug-of-war rope because it's great when you have tug-of-war and you get the team on and you hopefully have a few big people there like Jim Spano up the back, you know, holding onto the rope and Stu Gilding, a few other guys who've got a bit of pulling power. But, you know, a whole lot of little hands on the rope make a big difference as well. A whole lot of little hands can do as much as a big hand. We had a – there used to be on – TV years ago, uh, a thing called Australia's Strongest Man, Wheatbix sponsored, and we had one of these strongest men come and visit the school, and he had, had his red and blue and white uh, Wheatbix outfit on and everything else, and he did a few tricks, uh, a few incredible feats of strength and uh, you know dangling up kids one on each arm. very strong guy and then uh, we got out the tug of war rope and we loaded him onto one side and then we had a whole bunch of uh, kindergarten and year one kids on the other side and uh, they were you ready yes and he'd sort of just go and they'd fall over and we just kept loading them on now we got up to 25 we get to 30 kids and suddenly he's in trouble the weight just the sheer weight. Now, he's a guy who'd pulled a jumbo jet across the tarmac at Sydney Airport, not much earlier than that. But these kids were not rolling. They were leaning. They had their feet dug in. And 30 of them was enough to start making a difference. There's lots of little hands. And in Vision Builders, we, we love uh, having the... Petrus boats kind of guys at the end of the rope, that's great. But we really want to have as many hands holding onto the rope as possible. Because with many, many hands, we can pull a strong man down. We can pull the strong man down off the city. We can pull a strong man down off people's lives. We can make a difference when everyone is pulling in the same direction. We can pull heaven 
to earth. A, uh, a view of looking at the world as the past. A view of looking at the world as the future. Uh, you know, some Christians also tend to do a bit of both. You know, like, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as, on earth as it was in 1785. You know, no, we, we don't have to look back to how it was done in John Wesley's day or what songs they sang back then. We're looking to the... We're looking to heaven. Heaven is our template. So what we're doing is taking things closer and closer to heaven. We're bringing heaven closer and closer to earth. Will you decide to take hold of the rope with us and pull, even if you've got a tiny little bit of a grip, it's going to make a difference. It's going to take that extra little couple of grams difference to pull heaven into earth. And uh, this month, Vision Builders, we used to call it Build and Grow. It's now called Vision Builders. Because, as I said, it's bigger than just a building. Uh, at the end of every service, it's an opportunity for people to put a pledge in that glass thing there. And during the last song, we're going to have the glass jar up here. And you have an opportunity to, to put a pledge in there for your giving over the next year just to the Vision Builders program. And uh, don't worry if you haven't come prepared today, that's fine. What we are asking you to do is simply to ask God, what would you like me to do? How can I take hold of the rope this year? What part of uh, do you want me to play in this? That's between you and God. And uh, that's going to be happening at the end of every service. So please um, think about that and pray about that. All right, let's close our eyes. First of all, I want to pray for people here today who feel like your future looks foggy, dark, dangerous, scary, unknown. You don't know where it's going to go. I want you to reach out to God in your heart right now. I want you to hear his voice. He's saying, trust me, trust me. Lift up what you've got. Give me what you've got. I've got a future for you. I'm going to open up the way. I'm going to part the waters. I'm going to separate the fog. I'm going to shine a light on your next step. God is into your future. God is into the mystery. God loves mystery. God loves using broken vessels to create history. He loves the mystery that we are nervous about. He loves it. He wants to show you just how much he has for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.